Hello and welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. Parliament starts today in Ottawa, so the Member of Parliament for Fort McMurray Cold Lake, Layla Goodridge, joins the show. And to wrap things up today, Matt Decker from the Fort McMurray Oil Barons joins us to discuss the team's first two wins of 2024. Joining me on the phone here today, Layla Goodridge, the Member of Parliament for Fort McMurray Cold Lake. Layla, how are you doing here today? I'm good. I'm uh, here in Ottawa as we are back in session, ready to hold the government and the costly coalition to account on everything they're doing that's making life harder for Canadians. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that. The first day of the uh, new sitting here today, is there kind of like almost like a first day of school kind of vibe to uh, the day, days like today? Um, you know what? We are. We were in caucus all day yesterday, uh, our conservative team getting ready, planning out for how we are going to continue holding this costly coalition to account because Canadians depend on us standing up for common sense, and it is all too lacking here in Ottawa, unfortunately. What are some of the priorities the Conservatives are uh, taking a look at uh, for this session? Tax the carbon tax, build homes, fix the budget, and stop the crime. It's a very common sense plan. We've simplified it to a point because, frankly, um, Canadians are struggling. People all across Fort McMurray Cold Lake are getting in touch with me, concerned about the catch and release bail system that they're seeing, that the same people are constantly breaking into homes, breaking into garages, breaking in, stealing cars. The crime is out of control. And, and frankly, we need to do something about it. And carbon tax, we just finished having minus 50. And people were making the difficult choice as to whether they were going to heat their home to stay warm or feed themselves. We live in an, in a, a country where we don't we shouldn't have to make those choices, and yet this prime minister, after eight years, has made Canadians make that choice. He's just not worth the cost. So uh, you did kind of touch on some of those uh, local issues. Uh, what are some of those other local issues uh, that your office has heard about uh, in that Fort McMurray uh, Cold Lake region? You know what we're we're hearing so many people that are struggling. Um, that reach out that are struggling. They're going to the food bank. They're accessing a variety of different community supports because their budget doesn't stretch as far because of the record-breaking inflation and out-of-control interest rates that have been caused by this government and this Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau's, reckless spending over the last eight years. And people that have never struggled, that are struggling, people that are not sure what they are going to do next and and it breaks my heart and frankly this is exactly why um we have developed a common sense plan to axe the carbon tax they decided to ax it for some people in the maritimes and give them quote-unquote free heat pumps um well funny story a minus 50 a heat pump is absolutely no good and we still had to pay carbon tax even though we had no choice in minus 50 to heat our homes you serve as the shadow minister for addictions. Maybe explain the importance of that role and uh, what you uh, would like to accomplish with that role uh, this session. I am very, very proud to be um, able to serve in that role as the shadow minister for addiction and bringing forward hope and talking about recovery from addiction because, unfortunately, this government is hell-bent on an ideological penchant of um, allowing people to stay sick and not supporting people to recover. And I, I firmly believe recovery from addiction is possible. We need to have a recovery-oriented system of care to allow people to seek the, 
the supports they need to get better because it's a health condition. And yet this government is doing a dangerous experiment in D.C. of decriminalization. All we've been seeing is overdose deaths up, up, up. They are also uh, doing uh, so-called safe supply, which is taxpayer-funded free drugs to people struggling with addiction, which is being diverted to teenagers and causing more addiction because they're flooding the streets with high-potent opioids. They're, they're, they're looking in British Columbia right now at potentially allowing high-potent taxpayer-paid opioids to get into children under 18 without their parents' knowledge or consent. It is a dangerous experiment that has to be reversed now, and I'm Looking forward to holding Minister Sachs accountable for these reckless and dangerous decisions. Yeah, coming up on Wednesday, we'll mark one year that uh, adults uh, do not face criminal charges for possession of uh, 2.5 grams or less of cocaine, meth, or opioids. Uh, it will Including last for. Fentanyl. Sorry? Including fentanyl. And fun fact on the Health Canada website, it says a couple grains of fentanyl could kill you, but you're allowed to carry 2.5 grams of fentanyl that would kill everyone in the house of commons right now so and but that's allowed so again uh, you know another two years of this if uh, changes aren't made uh, how problematic is it if uh, you know those decriminalization uh, of drugs continues all we have to do is look at some of the the communities that are struggling with homeless encampments in Vancouver that have gotten out of control, the crime and chaos on the street because they've normalized addiction and they are more okay letting people stay sick than helping them get better. And I believe recovery is possible. If someone is struggling with addiction, I want to help them find the support they need so they can get better, so they can live up to their potential of whatever that definition of potential is. I don't believe in allowing someone to continue being sick because it is easier to look the other way and just give them more drugs. That is not the solution here. More from my conversation with Layla Goodridge is next on Fort McMurray Matters. We continue my conversation on Fort McMurray Matters with Layla Goodridge. You mentioned it a little earlier as well, but the cost of living has to be a concern heading into session. Cost of living is, is out of control. I, um, I'm back here in Ottawa, and I have a nine-month-old who is back home in Fort McMurray with my spectacularly amazing, wonderful husband. Um, and we had to buy formula for the first time. And formula that might last a week is $57. That has gone up by $10 a case just in the last nine months from when we looked at formula nine months ago. That's insanely high. I hear from parents all the time who are struggling with how are they going to feed their children healthy foods, and they don't have time. And and groceries have gotten out of control. Heating costs have gotten out of control. We need to get things in line so that people can afford to live in dignity and have the Canadian dream. The Prime Minister has completely robbed the potential for the next generation to even think about owning a home because they can't save enough money to ever get a down payment. And also uh, carbon tax, too, a rather large issue, especially in uh, Western Canada. Uh, How are the Conservatives uh, looking to, uh, you know, either axe the tax or uh, make it work uh, for Canadians? Well, we don't believe you can make it work for Canadians. We believe that you absolutely have to act on carbon tax. In fact, one of my colleagues, I just stepped out of the chamber to do this interview. He's debating his very common sense um, private member's bill today 
um, that is about removing the carbon tax from farm fuels so that farmers that are producing our food don't have to pay additional carbon tax to dry their grain, which will therefore reduce the cost of the grain, which makes food cost less money. It's a common sense solution. This is why the carbon tax is so challenging is because everything in Canada needs to be transported somewhere. And so if you trans, if you car- charge a tax on the transportation, then all it continues doing is amplifying the cost onto consumers. And we can't continue doing this. Canadians are at their breaking point. They're well beyond the breaking point. I remember that bill, Bill C-234, I remember, with the uh, exactly. grain drying. Yes. Uh, in my past, it was a uh, you know a big issue for the farm organization I used to work for, but it was stuck up in the Senate. Is there any update on that bill? Well, it's back in the House right now. We're debating it. Um, stay tuned. Um, we're going to continue fighting on this because we need – this is – critically important because when you tax the farmer who grows the food and you tax the trucker who transports the food, then you end up adding extra tax to the Canadian who have to buy the food. And the Conservatives have introduced an amendment, so we're going to reject the Senate's amendments and demand the bill be passed in its original form to support farmers and families. So that's what we're doing today. Um, We're going to also keep fighting to ax the tax on everything for everyone for good because this is not a logical plan for a country like ours. This is a a plan that was devolved and created by an eco-activist, radical environment minister, Stephen Guibault, who hates oil and gas. He has made it very clear that he hates our responsible Canadian energy. He, in his previous career, protested clean Canadian energy. Frankly, I am proud of Canadian energy, and I am exceptionally proud of Canadian energy workers. They are the hardworking people that keep our homes warm in cold snaps, that keep everything going in our economy, and they are some of the hardest-working people. I was so grateful to get to stay inside in the minus 50. They were the ones that were going outside to make sure that we could stay inside in the heat, and, and this government wants to demonize them. They think that they should be transitioned out of those jobs. I will fight tooth and nail to make sure that they still have good-paying jobs in an industry that provides not just for Canada, but the entire world, if we allowed it to actually open up. I also wanted to ask, how's the uh, newborn doing? You know what? Last, um, it's been two nights away from him. The first two nights I've spent away from him. So it's been, a, it's been tough as a mom. It's tough. Um, luckily, we have uh, technology, so I get to video chat with them every morning and every evening and like I said my husband is an absolute rock star I I would not be here I could not do this without my husband and we have an amazing um, caregiver um, Svetlana who provides additional care so my husband who also works full-time can do this and uh, it's tough but you know what we need to have these voices in Parliament, and I am proud to be here to fight for Fort McMurray Cold Lake, and I will continue fighting for Fort McMurray Cold Lake because we cannot let them have a blank check to continue bankrupting Canadians. You've been vocal on this. Uh, you know, what is it like raising two kids in a political family? Because I can't imagine it being easy. You know, I'm, I'm in radio, about to have a kid myself in May. Um, you know, my wife, a teacher. You know, I, you know, I can't imagine what it'd be like to be back and forth from Ottawa uh, in a political family. It, you know what? It's tough, but it, everything in life is tough. And you just have to choose your heart. And I am very fortunate that we have found a way of making it work. I fly crazy hours and um, 
like I said, my husband is amazing and he he is the reason why I'm doing this. But if we want to see more women in politics, we need to step up to the plate. And my husband has done exactly that to allow me to be here, which I'm so grateful for. And I'm going to continue fighting because I talk to so many moms that tell me the real struggles they have. I wouldn't have known that formula had increased by $10 a case had moms not told me how ridiculous the inflation on formula was. I, I was lucky we didn't use formula up until just now where we bought our very first case. Um, these are the things, these are the real conversations that need to be had. Uh, a couple of years ago when Tylenol, you couldn't be, find children's Tylenol. The health minister was making me feel like I was an idiot and I was stupid. Health Canada was making me feel like I was going crazy. But I knew as a mom, we needed those and we fought for it and we got more supply in Canada and held the government to account for failing, for offloading our our manufacturing and not doing anything to bring children's Tylenol and making sure that we were prioritizing children's health. And I will continue fighting for that because, frankly, this government fails at everything they touch. On that note, uh, are you optimistic there could be a federal election this year? You know what? I I plan my world around there being an election next week, and I, I think Canadians would be better served if we had an election sooner rather than later. So I'm going to hope for that. But if an election is next week or in fall of 2025, that's not going to change um, the commitment I have to fight tooth and nail and be loud and proud of Fort McMurray Coldlake. So does that mean that you can confirm that you'd run again if there was an election this year? Heck yeah. Simple enough. All right. Layla Goodridge, the uh, Member of Parliament for Fort McMurray Cold Lake. Anything else you'd like to add today? I just want to put in a big um, piece on the fact that if you are struggling with mental health or addiction issues, please reach out to someone. Recovery is possible and help is available. Awesome. Thank you so much for the time here today, Layla. Thank you so much, Ryan. Have a great day. Coming up, my conversation with Matt Decker from the Fort McMurray Oil Barons is next on Fort McMurray Matters. And we're back. I'm your host, Ryan McNally of Fort McMurray Matters. Joining me on the phone here today, Matt Decker, the broadcaster for the Fort McMurray Oil Barons. Matt, how are you doing here today? Doing all right. It's been a fun weekend here in Fort McMurray and hopefully a sign of good things to come. I'm sure our conversation today will be a lot more uh, lighter than our conversation at the beginning of the month. That's exactly true, uh, Matt. You know, not one, but two wins on the weekend. The first wins of 2024. Uh, How do you see those games? Well, it was really a statement game for the Oil Barons, and it's a bit of a sign of really what things could be like going ahead. Going into this weekend, they made some major structure changes to their systems. And while there were times that you could tell they were still growing, there's going to be a few growing pains with those, they really did a great job of executing them. Uh, if you told me earlier in the losing streak this month that your team was going down 3 nothing. I might have said the Oil Barons would have rolled over and gave up at that point. They didn't do that on Friday. They rallied right away to come back and win that game. And then Saturday was an even bigger statement where they showed they could back it up. So a huge weekend series for the Oil Barons. It's the first time they've swept a weekend series this season. And really, it keeps them in that playoff spot right now as they stay ahead of Drayton Valley, who also won both their games this weekend. On a personal note, had to be great to call some wins for a change. <laughs> Absolutely, it is. It's always a, a lot more fun when the team's having success and 
not just success, but the way they're having success with it being two very exciting games, a little bit of everything from massive saves, some really nice goals, big hits, couple of fights in there. It's everything that a broadcaster can dream of. The Barons got their first wins of the Carter Duff and Joey Bouchard era. I imagine that was uh, quite the monkey to get off their backs as well. Absolutely. I think it was starting to wear on them a little bit, especially the way things were going through January. And a lot of credit to Joey as well, as he was really the one who spearheaded the changes for the Oil Barons this past week. Look, coaches are a very prideful group. They never like to admit when they're wrong or things aren't going the way that they want them to go. And so credit to Carter for allowing Joey to make the adjustments that he did and the major adjustments that he did. And then give credit to the players as well for buying into those adjustments. They could have resisted it as much as they they wanted and said you know what this is something we're not used to but they didn't they realized something had to change and so they stuck with the process through a very difficult week of practice and the team was rewarded with two big wins i know talking to carter after the game on friday it was like a massive weight was taken off of his shoulders when he finally got that first win and the confidence level for this group as a whole has really skyrocketed uh from the weekend Friday's game, Drumheller had that 3 nothing lead that you mentioned earlier, but the Barons able to come back to get the win. Do you believe that uh, game could be a bit of a turning point down the stretch here? Oh, absolutely, and again, it's a confidence builder. When you look at the, the scoreboard there as well, they go down 3 nothing, and they respond with a goal of their own less than a minute later. They made it 3-2 before the end of the period. Ryan Arnold set the tone early in the third, tying the game up at 3-3, and then all through Saturday's game, Oil Bears looked like the much better team throughout that entire contest. This is the first time they've outshot a team in over a month. So that is a huge moment for, for the Oil Bears this entire weekend that could help turn around the season. Obviously, it doesn't get any easier on the road ahead here as they got a lot of really difficult opponents on the schedule. But again, it gives them that confidence. It gives them that belief that, hey, we can make the playoffs. And once any team makes the playoffs, who knows what's going to happen at the dance. And how about Gage Stewart? 60 saves on 64 shots in both games of a back-to-back. He was huge. He was absolutely huge. Um, His standout moment was really that Saturday game where he made an unbelievable stick save on the goal line to preserve a 2-1 lead with six minutes to go. But he was making excellent saves both nights. Even the goals against him, other than maybe one of them, they were credit the the dragons excellent goals the goals that it'd be difficult for any goalkeeper in this league to stop no he was the backbone of the team and that's what the oil barons expected when they got him at the trade deadline was for him to be the guy going forward for him to be that guy who can solidify everything on the back end and it's a huge monkey off of his back as well this weekend getting his first two wins as an oil baron he'll be huge for this team going forward someone that uh, they can rely on and the way that Gage Stewart goes for the rest of the year is probably going to be the way that the Oil Barons go for the rest of the season. Looking ahead to tomorrow night, Bonneville comes to town, a team that's kind of given you guys some grief lately. If the Barons play the way they did on the weekend, could this win streak extend to three? Well, it's going to be very interesting to see how the Oil Barons' new systems line up against Bonneville. Bonneville is a very good team in terms of utilizing their speed. They're a very skilled team. They have lost another big piece from their lineup as Miles Gold went to the BCHL, but they still got some high-end guys on that roster. Nicholas Bodwin is one. Uh, Lucas Sukovic is, is another. Tyler Blocka. It's a very high-skilled team. The Oil Barons will be tested. 
But if they play like they did this weekend, absolutely. I could see this winning streak extend to three games for the first time this year. Looking elsewhere with the Oil Barons, the uh, Oil Barons Dream Home Lottery is uh, underway. You guys gave out uh, the New Year New Money Prize on the weekend. Uh, I guess uh, what should people know about the uh, Dream Home Lottery? Well, it's going to be the final push for the Dream Home Lottery. Uh, tickets are on sale until February 24th, and this is for the final draw. The main prize is the Dream Home at 141 Cobblestone Bay. I've been there myself. It's a beautiful home. You don't want to miss out on that. But there's also nine other cash prizes from $1,000 to $25,000. So even if you don't come away with the Dream Home, you could still pad that wallet a little bit more. Again, tickets on sale until February 24th. This is a huge sponsorship opportunity for the oil it's their biggest one that they have, and it's a great way for the community to rally and support the team. Speaking about rallying and supporting the team, uh, I know we've talked about uh, Yorkton a little bit uh, in our past conversation. Uh, you, of course, covering the Terriers there for a little bit in your time uh, with Harvard Media back in uh, Yorkton, but uh, a pretty tough situation over there. Uh, maybe you can uh, fill in the listeners on uh, what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, one that hits hits my heart a little harder than maybe others. Um, for those who don't know and they didn't hear my little spiel on the pregame show on Saturday, Yorkton Terriers on Saturday, they came out and they flat out said to the community that they are in a dire financial situation. And their president this morning, Monday morning, went out on air on the radio station and said, if we don't get financial support right away, they might not be able to finish this season. And for me, kind of thinking over everything, I want to put out a huge thank you on behalf of myself, and I would like to thank on behalf of the entire organization, the Oil Barons organization, to all of our sponsors, all of our volunteers, our billet families, and more, most importantly, in my mind at least, our loyal fan base. It takes a city to run a junior hockey team, and we've got one of the best. We are quite frankly blessed to have the organization that we do to have the support that we do and i call on fort McMurray to continue to support the oil barons i know there's a little bit of uncertainty right now with the five teams that are leaving the ajhl at the end of the season but fort McMurray is still a bastion in this league and we've got the best fan base for a reason so sponsors keep coming on out keep supporting this team here i know shortly i'm going to start looking for more uh sponsorship opportunities for a broadcast for next season for the fans themselves keep coming out to the games it's a playoff push for the oil barons and tons of the players have told me especially the new ones how much they notice this fan base how it's not like anything else in the ajhl and is the best fans by far so keep coming out keep supporting this team they need your help as they push for the playoffs and again so thankful to everyone involved in the organization, whether they contribute their funds, their time, or their support for making junior hockey in Northern Alberta possible. Awesome. Matt Decker, the broadcaster for the Fort McMurray Oil Barons. Thank you again so much for the time. We look forward to getting you on the show again sometime soon. Always appreciate when I come on, Ryan. Thanks for having me again. That was our show for today. A big thank you to both Layla Goodridge and Matt Decker for joining me on the show today. Thomas Lukasik will join us tomorrow. He's the former Deputy Premier on Fort McMurray Matters, so I hope you can join us for that conversation. Thanks for listening to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm Ryan McNally. Have yourself a great day.